De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to talk about the importance of technology in modern sales and the future of sales and marketing tech platforms. Joining us today is Don Otfos, who is the VP of RevOps at Lean Data which delivers modern revenue orchestration for today's growth leaders. And today, Don and I are going to discuss why sales tech has become a unicorn factory. Okay, here's my conversation with Don Upfos, the VP of RevOps at Lean Data. Don, welcome to the podcast. Great. Thanks to be here, Doug. I really appreciate being able to join. Don, I've been looking forward to this conversation all week, especially because I get to use the word unicorn. So as much as I want to talk about mythical creatures, a unicorn, just for definition's sake, so people understand why we're talking about unicorns, it's a privately held startup valued at over a billion dollars. And to start us out, here's a short list of sales tech startups that have unicorn status in no particular order, Don. We have Outreach, Salesloft, Gong, Highspot, Clary, and the most recent club member, Captivate IQ. So it used to be that FinTech was the mother of unicorns, but it, it looks like sales tech is the new hotspot. Don, why? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things you find in high growth startups where sales tech becomes that unicorn generator is that it helps you automate a lot of tasks and improves the productivity of your sales team. So things that maybe in older companies, people are doing more manually that are time consuming. When you add sales tech to the engine, it really starts to fuel and turbocharge everything you're doing so that sales teams are focused on revenue generating activities and not stuck doing manual tasks. So Don, what you're saying here is that to some degree, sales is a bit behind the automation curve. They're a bit behind that embracing of technology curve. In other words, they are in this place where digital transformation has not quite affected the sales organizations. And as a result, venture capital dollars are, and future investors are betting that increasing that productivity will lead to companies willing to spend a lot of money on improving sales tech. Exactly. And so that speaks to a theme of what we wanted to talk about this week, Don, which is the role of technology and helping advance better sales, better marketing, better CX ops. And so if we take a step back and we think, well, gee, why would people be interested in investing in and therefore producing lots of unicorns? We also have to ask, what are those big gaps? Like, what are those automation gaps that you've experienced in your career that typically need to be addressed out of the gate? Yeah. And so like one of the big things I think I, at least early on in my career that I tried to do as much as possible, which is kind of table stakes today, is enriching the data that's in you know, your CRM with accurate information from a trusted provider. 
So, you know, when a lead comes in or, or someone says, hey, I want to go after this account, you know, rather than having to rely on the rep to go into LinkedIn and, and you know, find the title or go to the internet to figure out what industry is this company in or how big are they, I'm going to look to a, a data provider to enrich my CRM automatically so that all the research data is presented to that AE or that SDR at the outset so that when they're trying to you know, figure out what accounts am I going to go after, rather than relying on them to do the research, I'm providing from a RevOps perspective, all of that data and serving it to them in the CRM right away. So they, they don't have to waste any time to figure out, you know, hey, I want to make sure I go after accounts that are headquartered in Minneapolis, you know, and then they have, to, they have to go look and see, okay, well, what accounts are headquartered in Minneapolis or which of my contacts are in Minneapolis? I'm going to give that to them right away so they can just click on a report and go. So there's a couple aspects there that bear paying attention to. The first is, you know, what you're saying, Don, is that I think that people are spending a lot of time trying to get this information so that research component, that data enrichment component that used to be manual now can be automated. And that's an area that you focus on because it's a twofer, right? So if people are not having to spend time enriching data and the automation of or the process of enriching data through software is better than what they can do, well, you've increased the productivity of the rep and you've increased the likelihood that, that rep's time will be productive. So that's one really big angle, which makes sense. What are the other angles done that you see? Or what are the other areas that typically are gaps? Yeah. So then phase two to that is that you want to make sure that the data that you have in Salesforce is accurate so that you can make sure that your assignments are correct. Right. So the other thing I think happens or was happening in the early on is the data would get sent. You know, reps would, would follow up on leads that weren't really in their territory or something would get assigned to them that wasn't really theirs. Then you get into these turf wars at sales where it's like, well, that's really mine, or that that person really is in Minneapolis, or that company moved and now it's mine and now it's yours. So you get into these turf wars that again just slow down your revenue engine. Like I, from a RevOps perspective, want to eliminate those turf wars, right? So I want to make sure that like the data isn't just enriched, but it's assigned accurately in the CRM so that when my rep is looking at the data that I have said, hey, this is yours they can trust it. They can go after it confidently and know like, hey, I'm going to go after this account because I know it's mine. I know that this lead is mine. They're not going to have to like take a pause and think, oh, do I have to like get into a turf war with someone because the data is wrong? Like I want my sales teams to trust my RevOps organization that the data that we're enriching and the data that we have in CRM is accurate and correct and should be followed up by them. So let's zoom out a bit because I think that what we just talked about was Part of the reason that one of the unicorns that I didn't mention before Don exists, which is this idea of data enrichment, and that's Uminfo, right? And, you know, at one point it was discover.org, and that was really just about the data itself. But Zuminfo over time, has really built this platform that has allowed them to help close that gap, that efficiency gap we talked about, the twofer. Are there other areas that tend to be problematic for sales organizations where you've had a be the commando dropped in in the dark of night to help solve for these problems, Don? Like, what's another area that you tend to focus on? So now, I mean, if I'm building the pyramid for you, right, we have the foundation of accurate data. I've got the next layer where the data is assigned to the right reps in my system. Now, the next thing I want to look at is I really only want to assign something to a rep if it's worth going after. And then, so like, how do I know that? I'm going to know that a couple of ways. I'm going to know that because there was an inbound lead 
right? If I get an inbound lead, I get it routed to the right rep, it gets followed up on, everything's fantastic. But I really want to know is like, what are the accounts out there that are kind of in that, I'm not quite ready to click on the, I want a demo or contact me now, but I'm doing research. I'm trying to understand, you know, is this something, I, you know, it's an area that I'm investigating. Those are really the accounts that I want to say, hey, to my reps, hey, these, these are really good to go after. And that's the level of intent. And that's really where I think, you know, you see companies now that are providing that intent data around accounts so that I can now look at my CRM and say, hey, okay, now of this of these accounts that I've got assigned to you, here are the ones I really want you to focus on because I know that there's some level of intent of individuals at that company I may or may not know, but that we do know somebody at that account is expressing an interest in an area that we can serve and provide a solution. Yes, that takes us back to this idea of really efficiency at the end of the day. How do we improve the effectiveness of the sales organization? And if the sales organization is constantly pursuing leads that have little interest, then there's a certain time waster. And so exactly. way to go. We've just bubbled up yet another unicorn. That's six cents. And so that's the idea of ensuring that we understand which prospects and which potential future customers are out there actually wanting our attention as opposed to kind of carpet bombing them. Exactly. So, I mean, I think the first part might be a little bit of carpet bombing, right? Because you're, you're, you're only looking at the account level. And then I think the next step above that is then who are the personas, right? And then that's your snipers, right? Like when you're carpet bombing an account, you're kind of going after every persona that you can think of that might be interested in your offering. But then if you can really drill in on the right persona with the right title and the right messaging, and then at the right time, you got a winner right? And so those are the individuals that I really want to automatically push to my reps to say, here are the people you're going to make a phone call to today. Here are the people you should be sending out your cadences and your sequences to from your sales automation platform, your sales engagement platform today, right? And the more and more and more and more that I can do that as a RevOps organization, the more successful and the more productive your, your sales team becomes. And that's what triggers that unicorn generation. Yeah. Is there an area that surprises you that's been automated? And I'll throw the first one out there or an area where software has addressed the need that, you know, I wasn't aware of. And I'll throw it out there, Don, like I could not have imagined Gong 10 years ago. Are, are there other examples of the sales tech universe where software has come out to address challenges that we weren't aware of? Yeah. I mean, the one that I can think of, you know, outside of like uh, doing voice analysis, right? Because uh, I think that has been another area that that has generated a lot of productivity enhancers for teams, right? Because now you have a way to analyze a call, provide the coaching, you know, get someone on the right track. And then even from a self perspective, right? So if even if I'm a, a rep recording my own calls, I can go back and listen, you know, where did I do well? Where did I do poorly? I think that's a game changer, right? So there's a lot of those types of companies like Gong that are out there. Another area that I like where I'm, again, it's like RevOps, I like to run in the background, right? I want everything that I should do, I, I'm doing, you know, from that my team should be providing to, to a sales organization should be as invisible and, you know, you shouldn't know that I'm doing it and it's helping you and you don't even know it, right? Another area of that, I think that, that I've seen is an area of measuring from the mail server, you know, how well engaged is my organization with a particular person or with a particular account. So, you know, having software that sits and looks at the metadata of your team against a particular person, against a particular account or an opportunity to understand, you know, what is the level of engagement that my team has with this account over time? 
And if it's high, then that's a good thing, right? You know, we know we're trying to prospect into it. We know we're trying to make an effort to go after those accounts that we've identified as being interested in, in something that we can provide a solution for. And if it's not, well, then, then I have another way, another tool in my, you know, in my tool belt to be able to provide that information to a sales team to say, hey, look, I have an account for you that I know is in, not only is it interested, but it has no engagement. Like we haven't done anything with this account for months or, or days, or, or at least be able to surface that level of, of engagement to the sales team without them having to do anything, right? Like one of the challenges I think happens is like, is automating whenever someone emails an account, you know, making sure that that logs back to Salesforce or logs back to your CRM. If I can sit on the mail server and be able to serve that information up so that if someone sends an email from their mobile phone or maybe a CSM reached out or maybe someone, an SC reached out, someone that's not going to be as disciplined as an AE or an SDR about logging their activities, I want to be able to present that information so that you get the holistic view of what the interaction of that account or person has been with everybody at your organization to help drive your behavior around how you're reaching out and how you're prospecting into that account. You know, that's in many ways feels sometimes like the holy grail of sales tech, which is what I'll call a coin a term here on the fly. But I would call that, you know, constant, consistent awareness. In other words, there's a shared understanding of what's happening in an account. And that's not just at the rep level. That's with the SDRs. And that's all the way up through the executive layers then all the way up potentially to, you know, the finance organization, the ability to predictably determine what revenue is going to be in the future. Oh, yeah. The extension of that is then, you know, taking that measurement of engagement into opportunities, right? Like now, not just the prospecting side and understanding what account should I go after or, you know, what level of engagement we had accounts in the past, but now I can measure the engagement around an actual opportunity and then start to look at, is this deal going to close when the rep says it's going to close? We could talk about that for a, you know, probably a whole episode. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, Don, that sounds like a great episode for us. And I think we'll spend more time on that topic. We should do that, Don. I think it's a great <laughs> idea. There's so many corners here, I think, that we could explore. No doubt about it. I would say that I feel like we're having a conversation at the end of the day about our ability to feel like we can de-risk scale sales on some level. I like to de-risk scales, by the way, but I think sales is probably a more germane topic for us. But is it that your sense overall? I mean, we start out talking about kind of efficiency gaps in automation, but as a former and quite bad sales leader, folks, I would tell you the thing that was always the trouble for me, the challenge that I had was how to know when there was a good deal and how to know when there wasn't a good deal and how to you know, effectively understand whether or not your reps were telling you what was really happening in those accounts. So is that the holy grail, this idea of just kind of bleeding out some of that uncertainty in sales tech or in sales organizations with sales tech? Yeah, I mean, I, the whole thing is if you, can, if you can make the reps that you have more efficient and productive, you're not going to have to hire as many reps. So, you know, rather than having to throw bodies at a situation, if you throw technology and and solve it through productivity enhancements, like what we're talking about, you know, you get your reps productive. They're happy because they're productive. They're hitting quota. They're making money. And you're not having to spend an enormous amount of money on personnel by throwing bodies at the situation to get a lot more reps up to a productivity level where you need to hit your number. Right. So I think the thoughtful, high growth companies that are out there are like, how do I automate as much as I can to make my reps as efficient as possible so that not only are they happy because they're making their number and they're making their quota and they're getting that big commission check, but then you're also being efficient on the finance side and not having to hire a lot of people to get the job done in the first place. So 
our organizations will be more efficient. They'll be more effective. They'll be more productive. And sales tech is going to ultimately help us de-risk sales in some level. And do you feel like it raises the level of talent necessary to be able to be successful in sales? We've all had that experience where, let's say you have 20 salespeople, but your most productive salespeople are helping you hit the quota. Do you feel like it kind of evens the playing field as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, like the best SDRs and AEs that I've seen out there are the ones that embrace the technology that they see available to them, whether it's at their company or not, right? Like I could tell a story, like when I was at Yammer, right? Yammer, one of the original unicorns, right? We were acquired by Microsoft for $1.1 billion back in 2012, right? This is like 10 years ago now. One of the things that happened at Yammer that I noticed, we were you know chugging along and sales reps were doing their job. One day, somebody came up to me and was like, hey, Don, we need to get this thing called Yesware. And I'm like, what's Yesware? And it was this technology at the time. I don't know if you're familiar with Yesware or not, but it was like one of the original sales engagement platforms. It was a way to automate emailing people in your CRM in a way that helped them get meetings. And I had reps that were using the freemium version of Yesware, and they were telling every other rep, like, hey, check it out, Yesware, buy, you know, you can get a free, free account. And so I had all these reps using Yesware for free, and all of a sudden they were hitting their, their cap, and they're like, this thing is making me successful, and I want you to go buy it for me because I need to use it more. Right. So if you get the reps that are out there that are really embracing the technology, learning how to use it, learning how to be productive with it, those are the reps that are going to be the efficient, productive, successful reps in your organization. Well, it's a little bit of a tour back in ancient history, no doubt about it. But really, you know, in many ways, the beginning of that understanding and that movement of sales tech, it was so centered on CRM, right? We understand that, you know, CRM is the foundation of any stack we're going to talk about. But it was that specialization that you're speaking to way, way back in the Yammer days. All right. So final question for us today. I don't know if you remember, Don, Johnny Carson. Do you remember the show when he would do the Swami? Oh, I know, Johnny Speaking of ancient history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he would do the Swami thing. Not the most culturally sensitive thing in the world, but it was the <laughs> 70s. He would make predictions. So we're going to put our Swami hat on. Yeah, he would have the envelope and the answer was in the envelope and then he would predict what the question was. <laughs> you got it. So envelopes pressed to heads with culturally insensitive materials <laughs> sitting on top of our heads. Ready? Yep. Where do we think the next unicorn is going to come from, from sales tech? Ooh, wow. That is a good question. Do you want to noodle that, Don? Do you want to come back for another episode? I, we could do that. We could do that. If you want to explore it, I can, I can give it some thought. We could, we could do another episode. I think that would, be, that would be another good topic. Hey, folks, you've heard it here first. Don Outfos and I are going to come back and tell you where to put your VC dollars. Don, are you in? I'm in. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Don, for joining us. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Don Otfos, VP of RevOps at Lean Data, for joining us in part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow. Don and I are going to talk about the role of deal engagement in driving dependable forecasts. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Don, you can find a link for his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Donio, or visit the Lean Data website at leandata.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, shame on you. Head over to therevgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker of the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is revgenpod.com. 
on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button on your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.